Welcome to City on a Hill Gaming, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. We hope you enjoy our episode. So that's kind of the question. Do you want to be a local expert? Or do you want to be new to the area? So is that where... I don't know if I could be an expert in anything. Well, well your you're character be an expert in magic, for one thing. Yeah. Your character is an expert. You, William, don't have to know all that much about deserts. If you're supposed to know it, you'll know it. <laughs> I guess I could fit into the Magi, right? Of course. Uh, oh, yeah. So that might be a, a good part to play. They, okay. they sort of make their bones being the guys who know the things from, yeah. from that perspective. So I think that fits you beautifully. Have you been living out here long? I hope so if I'm an expert. Okay. Well, not every <laughs> expert in a field is, you know, yeah. residing in the that area, you know? Uh, there's, yeah. there's always the academic at a distance going, ah, I get to finally see it in person. But yeah, if you want to be the, the local dragonborn wizard who's or magi who's been out here for a while and, you know, has local contacts and knows where to get spell components and all that sort of stuff, great, you know? Um, I am down for that. Sure. It'll be a challenge. Sweet. Well, again, it's all it's all roleplay, right? You you roll the dice yeah. and you're like, does my character know a thing? They do. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> Guys, I know this thing. You know, it works out. Okay. Yeah. You you pick uh, a color, we will find you a dope character picture. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> ben, your satyr druid, uh, are they new to the area have they been around here long where, where do they fit into this idea um i would probably go with with say that they uh have been around the area um mm -hmm. uh, especially being if we're going going with the uh security guild adventure like kind of thing um four or five years probably also going with the level seven motif um he's seen some things um, he's experienced some things. Uh, probably hasn't. I would say probably hasn't been out of this area, uh, especially going with that Seder. Probably came from the grassland area and found something in the uh, in the bazaar that just caught his eye. Okay, so is he from the the Great Bazaar then? Maybe because the the road goes down through that grassland down towards the Great Bazaar. Probably from the the the, the grassland area on the down. Uh, southwest mm -hmm. um, and just came on probably on a whim or on a, uh, a search for more nature uh, for more experiences in the natural world. Is it maybe just like, wait, I'm hearing that nature is failing. I need to do something about that. Like you feel a kind of a calling to, to deal with that problem. Very positive. Yeah. That's not, that's actually great. He, how long have we, have we established or thought about, or is this too far? How long this has been going on? as far as fail, failing of nature in the period? Pitch, so my pitch was a month, but that is wildly flexible. It can be a year, right? It doesn't really matter. A year might actually be slightly too long, but, you know, if it's a couple of months and yeah. it's a slower process, cool, whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah, probably the, then that would make sense then if he had came, if he'd come here specifically looking for information, like for the nature aspect of, of what's going failing, um, but also, I would I, especially because I think I'm going to tailor him a little more healer than uh, necessarily combat. Um, but also thinking wild shape fun, looking for more things that he would learn and more animals that he would he would come across to expand his personal arm uh, repertoire. I mean, and, right and off the bat, you have adorable desert foxes and cute little owls that live in cacti. So excellent yeah, choice right. there. And actually, this this is an interesting thought. If you've got you as sort of a nature expert, as it were, investigating what's going on here and the, the failure of nature here, that seems like you and your character and William's character might have run into each other and started cooperating before the rest of this group showed up. Yes. William, what do you think? That makes sense. Right. So you sort of you are sort of the local experts, the both of you, and then you know, the, everyone else sort of rolls up and it's like, we're looking for people who know anything about this. And you guys go, well, we know a few things. Does that seem no. like a reasonable sort of way that you guys might have come together and have been working on this? How does that I like fit that. in with 
Ryan's yeah. character. For me, I think at that point it just kind of becomes so you have the you have the two sort of knowledgeable experts. You have the guy who has been sent to fix a problem. You have the guy who's there for security, and you have the guy who's going to take you the places, which I guess is in, in theory is Ruach. Ruach would be the one who. Okay, yeah, I, I know where that is. Yeah, sure, I can. I, and I think it makes some sense that with the caravans having more and more issues, maybe they start hiring more local guides instead of just kind of trying to do their own thing in some cases. And uh -huh. so I've I've been out in that area in some sense. I'm maybe not an expert on on a subject matter. I just know the places and I've traveled the routes. Yeah, if and you've I'm been on the roads, you're you're maybe the person to go to for you know, yeah, I know the roads, I know where the oases are, I've seen some of this these problems firsthand. Let me take you to them. Right. There's a skill in GURPS called area knowledge that tells you about, you know, if you put ranks into it and you know stuff about a certain area. Sounds like um, Brian's character is going to have area knowledge for this desert. Well, like, it sounds like there's a lot of er of this going on. You know, I roll all of that into history because, I mean, there's no other use for the skill in D&D. It's fine. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I agree with how you implement it in D&D. I'm just talking on a conceptual level. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I think William's character has got a lot of area knowledge as well, as does Benjamin's. And so it's just, you know, Ryan's character. What did you say? Ruach? Was that the character name? Yeah, I, sorry, I hadn't said that yet. Uh, cool. For reference, our Patreon backers picked the character name. Um, I gave them a list of options, and they picked uh, they picked Ruach, which is a name I've used in the game before. But it's a name I really like. It's a it's a Hebrew word. So Wonderful name. I went with Absolutely that. wonderful name. Yeah. yeah, you could very well be... Okay, so we've got a, a, a flora and fauna specialist, a geography specialist... And perhaps, Ryan, your character is less about the nature and like the roads and more about the people. I think that because sort of that transition point for Shepard to me is the from the literal Shepard. A lot of them are to, you know, uh, with a flock of, of whatever beast of, of whatever type, not necessarily sheep or whatever the analog would be. But to a, a person who guides a group of people in a similar <laughs> protective sense. So yeah, no, I think that makes sense that he's sort of the, yeah, I like that actually. He's the dude who knows the people in the area because he's taken them in the places. He's spent time with them. Yeah. Did did we just accidentally create the uh, science team from Bones? I we've created. There's something like this I've seen somewhere before. I'm not sure where it is, but we're pretty close <laughs> onto something. The flora fauna, the physically protective, the geogra the geography specialist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's any good investigative team, right? You've got your your various variously skilled investigators. You know, it it works out. Yeah, this uh, will probably go much better than if we tried to invent the A team. <laughs> Very true. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Leverage crew. <laughs> Peter, how do you okay. feel about Mohawks? Uh, for this wagon. particular character, not great. <laughs> I was thinking a guy probably in his early to mid fifties with a bunch of white hair. So no, that's not going to be quite the same. Mister T still has a mohawk. That's true. <laughs> uh, okay. And the the word the word ruach in Hebrew, I believe, is um, it's like breath or wind. Oh, okay. Sort of, that's and cool. it made sense. It made sense for an air genasi, which is where I ended up with the name originally. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Grant, go go wherever you were going. Sorry. Uh, no, that's all right. I'm just listening. By the way, this kind of like circular talking around and, you know, coming back to the same thing over and over again, very typical for a session zero. Yeah, that's how we do this. So, and we've got a couple of relationships already established as well, which is great, right? We know that uh, William's character and Ben's character know each other and have, and have known each other for a while before everybody else rolled into town, uh, which is a pretty good, pretty good thing. I like that. We know that uh, the, there's a professional relationship between uh, Ansel and Peter's character. Ryan, Ruach, I don't think has those firm connections yet, but that's fine. We can kind of... Not necessarily, we no. We'll, yeah, we'll figure that. I think it's more of a, at some point, someone's been in my caravan or I've done work for someone that I put me think... around each of them. I think maybe my character would probably be a good one for that because he's going to have gone out like he's not a huge amount of 
use back in a city unless it's like under siege or something. And even then, he's not so much that kind of a protective specialist as like, I, you know, make sure that things don't go bad when you're moving from place to place. So somebody like that and somebody who does like guides and, you know, navigates and stuff like that seems like they would have run into each other in a professional capacity whether they were trying to or not well yeah just to like spitball ideas maybe you were riding shotgun on one of the caravans that went through yeah ryan's character was leading and in fact you know what here's a here's an idea maybe whatever my character's name winds up being was a guard with like the last caravan that went through before everything went sideways like he he was with the last normal one and then he gets into town and, you know, he takes a certain amount of time to kind of rest up between jobs. And he just keeps hearing crazier and crazier, crazier stories. And it's like, I got to get out, you know, back out there. This is going to be really dangerous for anybody who, you know, tries to do this on their own. So I'm going to present something else here real quick while we work this up. Uh, got a little uh, diagram here Ooh. of the relationships we've got so far. Flow charts. Yes. I'm here for uh, Diagrams.net. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's just, it's useful to kind of lay it out visually and kind of see what needs to be filled out. Because I'd like everybody to have a, a, enough connections that it feels interconnected without it, all of the relationships being defined before the game starts and there's no room to grow. You know the character who shows up with 10 pages of backstory and refuses to grow because they've got all the backstory to fulfill? We don't want that. And you can have that with a group just as much as with an individual character. Okay, so right now we've got a group of three and a group of two and nothing connecting those. So we need to get at least one connecting line in there someplace. Yeah, let's let's add two more lines, at least one of which connects these two groups. And just so, so everyone knows, we've got the, the Ryan Peter, pre, you know, previously worked caravans together line. The Peter Daniel mutual professional relationship, you know. Uh, going on right this second. And then Ben and William's character investigating these problems beforehand. So the for me the the obvious connection I would see is Ryan's character that would know either William or Ben because honestly I I picture Ryan's character as kind of like well well kind of like my mom after church where she has to stop and talk to literally every single other person in the church before she gets out to the parking lot Ah, yes. Or at least, you know, I have back in the before times. Being that character. <laughs> That's perfectly fine with me. Yeah, well, <laughs> let me tell you, virtual services don't stop that. Oh, no, they don't. I have to run those uh, Zoom meetings. No, 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 please. We need you to get off the Zoom call. Please, come on. Oh, but we're talking, you know. Yeah. You have a cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> call exactly. each other. I have other stuff to do. I, I uh, We actually did a... Um, a memorial service for my grandmother uh, online a couple weeks ago. And let me tell you, it was the same way. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I yeah, think, Ryan, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to let Ben or William, Ben, you're talking. Uh, sorry, I, I cut you off to say, please do the thing you're doing. Uh, let, ben, let's have you figure out how, or William, figure out how you're connected to Ryan's character here. Um, I think with, like, at least how I'm interpreting all of like everything that's going on with uh, with uh, Ryan, it's that being also being part of the uh, the uh, the local geographical expert, whatever. We would have at least one of us would have crossed paths in wandering around and doing the uh, the inve the personal investigation or just like campers out camping. You tend to run across other hikers and campers. At some point, it's likely I either saw you somewhere, I was taking someone, or I took you somewhere. Right. Like, okay, hey, I need to go, I want to go see this out in the actual place it, it exists in. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. I can take you out here. That's fine. No problem. I, I think that is, I think that's definitely a workable thing. Just like, uh, your life is in my hands is not threatening at all. No, not at all. <laughs> I, I, will, I will need you to read all of these when you're done with them, because they're my favorite things yet. <laughs> All right, so what one more line could we have? I've, I have a hard time uh, coming up with additional connections for Ansel. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because I still want him to feel very much like a fish out of water. But if there's... 
if there's any good connections, then it should kind of see if we can come up with something. Because well, I know, because Grant said he wanted at least two more lines. We got one. Well, and if Ansel is looking for, like, is was tasked with investigating the the issues of nature, um, it would make sense, I think, that Reap or Ben um, would would be the uh, at least a stop on his journey to find somebody who knew something. Well, maybe I, I think my idea for the character is, or at least my um, charge or the reason I've been sent out here does, doesn't have anything to do with the cause. It is, I have to find the thing. I have to find the caravan, the, whatever the cause is, is, is like, Got it, got it. That's that's not actually on my form. That's not the part that I have to fill out, as I don't have to put... Well, I do have to put cause, but it can be vague. They don't really care about that. But I just need the inventory. I just like that there's actual paperwork for this, like... Oh, I'm going to be inventing paperwork. It's going to be I great. Mean, this is great. I, I love that. This is, this gonna is be... how Ansel works. Like, this is... I got to fill this out. I'm going to fill this out. No, I'm, I'm going to be gonna filling this. in, like, worker quests and, and wondering if, uh, like what I'm going to need in order to like expense this out or will my expenses uh, be approved? Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, going to yeah, be gotcha. fantastic. I'm, 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 okay. I'm about it. I love it. So sorry, my ADD brain has kicked in here a little bit. Did we have a connection between Ansel and William or Ben's characters? Uh, we, I don't think we settled on one. I, okay. I'm fine with Ansel not having any more connections. Like okay. just, just the one is fine. Cause I'm, I'm comfortable with him feeling like a fish out of water. Okay. Are we fine with this map as it is then just these four connections that connect these five people? I think or do it, we want to add, add one more? I would either, I think it's, it's viable because you're, I guess if we're wanting to look for a point of connection to sort of our specialist, then I think it makes more sense to either put that for me or, or Peter to some extent. Mm-hmm. As see, we sort of seem to be the ones more who have just been out around a lot of folks. Yeah. Doing our our jobs that puts us in front of a lot of people. So we've met a lot of people. We, yeah, we could I easily mean, be the nucleus of this group. Yeah, and that's and I'm okay with that because that's sort of Ruok, like you said, is sort of the as as you you know, he knows the people, he's been around the people I don't mind, like, like Peter said, I don't mean mind being the one who knows the people as sort of that. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've taken him a place or I or we grew up together or, what, or whatever it is, you know, just that point so of contact. Let me, let me maybe throw this out there then. Ben, your druid has been around this area. You know the wildlife a fair bit. There's a lot of dangerous wildlife in this area. Is that something that, Peter, your character would have wanted to maybe work with someone to know about ahead of time like hey what are the signs of you know desert manticores or whatever right oh like, heavens yes how, how do i all about that stay? help me do my job please like make me more effective yes please <laughs> okay not, so that's... not a lot of arrogance in this character concept he's going right. to be very pragmatic and very willing to accept help and possibly just to complete the weird triangles, uh, possibly Ryan and William know each other from the same kind of thing. I know a place. I know a guy. Sure. I mean, we, William, if you're the uh, the place expert, find you know, roads change in a desert. You know, dunes don't stay still. You know, and and oases. Listen. Oases are valuable, but sometimes they dry up for no obvious reason. Sometimes new ones appear. You know, that seems like the sort of thing that you could very well be uh, be an expert on. That marker disappeared under that six inches of sand that blew through in the last two weeks. Yeah. You, Where was that? Where was it? Oh, that was over here. How do you know? Well, this other thing's over here. Yeah, no, absolutely. How, how do you know that that's over there? Look, I just know kicks the sand, hits the solid object. Yeah. So maybe maybe, he j- maybe his main thing is helping with caravan navigation and landmarks and mapping. Does that seem reasonable, William? Yeah. And I think at that point it makes a ton of sense for me to know him if I have taken, sort of taken up that guide responsibility with caravans. I know the guy who runs the maps for the caravans. Yeah, that would be an absolutely natural pairing. Like... If you two didn't know each other, somebody would need to introduce you yesterday. Right? Yes. So, okay. Agreed. 
So that's one, two, three, four, five, six connections between these five characters. Interest and it's interesting how this worked out, right? So Ryan, Peter, and Ben's uh, characters have three connections. Williams has two connections, and Daniel, as the outsider, you've only got the one connection, and that kind of fits with what we wanted. So I think that I think this is good. I think this is enough to to run with for right now. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. I feel really good about this. I think it's cool. a good spread that fits each of the characters individually. I think it makes a lot of sense, like Daniel said, for him to just really not have more than that one point of connection. Awesome. Ben, any anything to add? No, I think it looks good to me. William? I think I'm good. Okay, cool. So before we get into anything else, uh, let's talk safety. Mm. So, um, Peter, I'm going to get another drink. Do you want to talk about safety mechanics real quick? Sure. So uh, we're just going to use lines and veils in the X card for this one? Yeah, or? I think just lines and veils in Basically, how how I've done it in my game, you know how that works. Yeah. Just... Okay. So um, basically, you've got two primary types of safety technique. You've got filters and you got breaks. Lines and veils are filters. They are designed to exclude stuff from the game that is going to make somebody uncomfortable or diminish their level of enjoyment at the outset. Uh, lines are things that you don't want in the game at all. So. For something like this, uh, any sort of, let's just say, adult themes, particularly with regard to relationships, not even going to come up, not even obliquely. Um, you know, uh, gruesome violence of any kind, also not uh, going to come up. Um, and then veils are things that it's okay if this happens, but let's not, you know, let's kind of have this happen, quote unquote, off camera. You can, you can mention that it happened, but it's not something that should be portrayed real graphically or focused on. So, right. Or there uh, can be evidence of it happening, but it yeah. should never be happening on screen. So, and, yeah, um, or even just kind of like, you know, the, this standard fade to black that happens in so many pieces of media. Um, for this particular thing, given kind of the family-friendly nature of this, but also the environment, like... People suffering from thirst is probably something we'll want to at least acknowledge can happen with the Oasis gone, but we're not going to dwell on somebody who's like all parched and really suffering for like a lengthy amount of time. You know, if yeah. we come up with somebody that looks really thirsty, we're all playing, you know, relatively good people. It's a family friendly thing. We're going to give them a drink and then talk to them because that's going to be the point of it. And I know create food and water is on, on at least one spell list. So, you know. Yeah, I think that's a druid spell. So I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's also on. Yeah, it it is always been a druid thing, as far as I know. Yeah. Um. So that's you know that's something easily doable. That was a, a spell that Lambert always had prepared in your colony game. Yeah, <laughs> for for very good reason. It worked out well. Yeah. Um. One other note on lines and veils. We're going to talk about them here. Okay. Uh, actually, two notes. First of all. If you say this is a line for me, this is a veil for me, you do not have to justify it to anyone. Just say it. Yep. We trust. If you. explaining would help you somehow, feel Go free. You are not forbidden from explaining yourself. You are just not obligated to. Yeah. You, also, one it. other thing before we carry on too far, I mentioned there's filters and breaks. Um, the X yep. card is a break safety thing. If something comes up organically in the game, that is too much in the moment for whatever reason. Once again, you do not have to justify it, although you are welcome to if you wish. You can say, whoa, whoa, stop. This is too much. I can't handle this. You know. And it, if we were sitting at a table, you'd have like a card with an X on it, and you would tap it or you know slide it into the middle of the table or somehow otherwise indicate that you were invoking it. And at that point, you just stop and you back up from whatever was causing people problems, and you take the story in a different direction. It's real simple, and it makes the game more enjoyable for everybody, because stuff that's unpleasant and upsetting just kind of gets dealt with and instead of, you know, ruining people's fun and causing people to drop out of games and things. So Absolutely. Also, while we are doing some initial lines and veils work here um, to establish what I should prepare for and what I should not prepare for, you know, as I'm setting up combat encounters or, you know, Oh, you know, I was going to run this skill challenge where everybody got super thirsty and very nearly died, but that's off the table now, you know, whatever it is. We're going to talk about those here. 
if you have something to add later because you just didn't think of it, that's fine too, right? Yeah, those are living lists. Yes, absolutely. Do not feel like this is set in stone. Yeah. Um, all right. So one, one other thing I should I should bring up here. Uh, a lot of the time when people hear about this for the first time, they're like, oh, what are you doing? You know, this, this seems like an awful lot. You know, this is going to be messing with me as we're playing. I did Lines and Veils at the beginning of my current campaign that I'm running for my Sunday group. None of the stuff has even come up. It has had no noticeable effect on the game. Nobody has had to invoke an X card or anything even once. It is just a... If you are doing this correctly, it is the sort of thing that you do kind of out of respect for the other human beings around the table, and then you don't, really don't have to worry about very much after that, unless something comes up by accident, and then you apologize, fix it, and move on. Um, so, if, you know, given that this is a, a G-rated thing, um, Ryan, are there any setting-based lines and veils? that you want to bring up first? Because you're sort of, again, sort of in charge of the setting and also it's your production, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Your, your name is on the, the title card and thus, you know, your reputation as it were. So, you know, you're sort of responsible for that. Is there anything that you're like, as a producer, this is off the table? Knowing this group and some discussions we've had in the past, um, obviously, like Peter said, a lot of the adult things um, I think drugs of any kind probably is something I just want to avoid. Um, I know those don't always have to be a hardline issue in, in some games, and you, you can do some interesting things with it. I think for our purposes, it's probably not something we want. Um, from a setting, from a world-building setting perspective, I, I have built this as a monotheistic um, game setting to some extent, how that fleshes out is still something I'm trying to figure out because I'm, I'm tempted to make some changes in not in the monotheistic nature of it so much as the way we address and interact with that. That's something mm -hmm. I'm still trying to sort out on my own. Um, sure. So anything that plays too heavily into the counterness of that is, is an issue for me in general, nothing I expect from you, frankly. <laughs> sure. For, for what it's worth, from this group in general, there were very few things I would want to add to a list that I think would become an issue to begin with. Right. Um, for myself, I will say uh, violence against children and children being in uh, helpless situations is a real line for me. Uh, that, that makes me deeply uncomfortable. I have no objections. Uh, uh, and a veil for me, and again, I don't really expect this to come up in this game. Um, torture. Yeah. You know, uh, like, if if we go into a tor torture chamber, and I don't, again, expect this to come up in this game, <clears throat> you know, it's like, oh yeah, this is an old torture chamber. It probably happened here. It's off the, it's off the screen enough that that's fine, but it definitely shouldn't be happening on screen for me. That might actually be a little more of an actual just straight-up line for me. Not, okay. not both from a setting and from a Ryan perspective, I think. Largely, that's fine. largely from a setting. And I, I'm that's not even going to use the word setting from a content for our audience perspective. Right. Uh, and I'm okay with that. That's more of a line just, for me. Just because it's a veil for me does not mean it can't be a line for you. Sure. No, absolutely. All right. Yeah. And with these things, you go with whatever the strictest setting is. Okay. So if something is a veil for somebody and it's a line for somebody else, it's a line for the game and it's out. Right. Um, Daniel, any that you want to bring up? Um, I can't think of anything content wise that would be a line or a veil for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I do know that something Ryan has said in the past, as far as the, the way the, the setting has panned out that he's had a, um, uh, contention being able to make warlocks work in this setting. And I think we've discussed earlier, but it's, it's good to repeat for the edification of our listeners that uh, certain things like tieflings were off the table as far as um, being able to do character creation, just because it, it kind of broaches that, that area that we're, we're kind of trying to avoid or can really make work in this setting. Right. That's fine. Is there anything in terms of like play that you don't want? Uh, for example, I'm going to, use Peter as an example. I know Peter is very much against, you know, PVP style moments in games. Yep. Intra-party betrayal is a line for me. 
That's not something I've had to deal a lot with. Okay. Uh, for the most part, I'm I'm just going to be very much a yes and and just kind of keep working with the with the group as it goes. Argument. I I know that it, that there is a defined difference between conflict and arguing in a in a group and a pvp i yeah. i know that's that it, those are very very distinct but yeah i i don't really expect that to be an issue so okay. yeah i i think i'm all right okay if something comes up while we're having this conversation or even afterward please feel free to add to it absolutely ben anything that you want to be either align or avail uh, not that we haven't talked about or that I can think of. Okay. William? Uh, same for me. Okay. Okay, cool. That's uh, fine. Yeah. Peter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really like... Okay, so I am a big old softy and like suffering animals bothers me, so mm -hmm. I'd rather not deal with that. Okay. Is that a line or a veil for you? Uh, it's probably more of a veil, but, like, if you gotta do it for a plot, do it, you know, don't do it super frivolously. Right, so, well, and I'm asking because, you know, if, for example, oases that animals depend on are drying up, is that going to be a problem for you? Yeah, I'm not doing premise rejection here, don't worry about that. <laughs> no, 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 but, but I, I need to know where the line is, right? Because if it's, oh, you know, I see some evidence that animals have migrated away because yeah that sort of thing is fine just don't right. or I, i'm okay so there's let me a there's a desperate again i'm going to make up a, a monster here desert manticore that's hungry because it can't find food it's attacking you i you am know. more concerned about deliberate cruelty towards like domestic animals don't show me somebody beating a dog right like you know nature being nature eh, you know just cruelty is what i'm and that kind of feeds into your, you know, typical veil. It's just, yeah, sure. there's overlap here. I'm a player, so right. I'm bringing it Absolutely. up in that context. Okay, I'm 100% okay with that. Would you say maybe that an animal suffering is a veil and deliberate cruelty to animals is a line? Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably good. Or um, you could probably even just say deliberate cruelty towards animals is a line and I can deal with like animals like migrating around and stuff as long as it's not too graphic. Well, we can we can make that avail. I think that's fine. Yeah. All right. So, uh, by the way, folks, I, I kept this going a little bit just so you can kind of hear how this conversation goes when somebody's actually got a an objection. Grant yeah. and I have had this conversation previously. It's just sometimes you got to suss it out a little. So we do. And and, it, and for example. We got to know, you know, where does this fall in terms of the premise? Does the premise need to be revisited, et cetera? So, you know, it's yeah. important to hash out. Premise does uh, not need to be revisited in this particular case, at least not no. on my account. So, okay, good. All right. Um, so it's we're running a little late. Let's do one last thing. I would like each of you to come up with one thing that you know about this setting about this area of the world and one opinion that you have about another character. <laughs> okay. So, so give me, and I think we probably need to all take a sec for this, but give me a second. Cause I want to go look, I want to go read the premise one more time. Absolutely. Um, um, just to make sure I'm on the same page with it. Cause I want to make sure bef before he formed, I think I have a loose idea, but I want to make sure I'm seeing it. So yeah, the, uh, the setting here, We've got. Uh, do you want me to just read off the pr the premise pitch again? It wouldn't hurt. Yeah, it'll give us okay. a couple minutes to to kind of work our way through for each right. of us. The trade links between Ajoran and VR are some of Selensar's harshest. Volcanic wastes, deserts of black sand, and sharp precipices make all but a few routes impassable. Those roads are dependent on a series of oases, wellsprings of life in an otherwise inhospitable land, almost single-handedly supporting wary and isolationist nomadic clans strange and hardy wildlife, and wealthy trade caravans. Over the past month, rumors have spread through VR like a sandstorm. Something is wrong in the north. They say the caravans have stopped. They say it's not safe on the roads. They say the waste clans have turned mad. They say whole towns have been abandoned. But one panicked rumor, always whispered and always met with fear, persists above all. 
they say the oases are gone. Okay, so so ask me ask me the two questions again. Sure. Ryan, tell me something about this setting that is true. Uh, I think for Ruwak, something about this setting is true that he, he has been in this area long enough that he knows if, if the oasis are gone, because I think for Ruwak, he considers the oasis to be something provided by Yahweh. Um, mm -hmm. to to help people who live in this area. If the Aces are gone, Oasis have, have disappeared. Someone has taken them. Someone has done this on purpose. This has been done intentionally, and this is not a changing... He doesn't see it as a changing of nature. As far as Rook is concerned, this is someone doing something intentionally bad, and that is something he will need to address for himself. Peter. Tell me uh, something about this place that is true. Okay, uh, the kind of the clan, the desert nomadic clan that Faramond uh, is going to be my player character's name, by the way. Ooh, we have a name. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, it's an Arabic name meaning protector of travelers. It's perfect. Nice. Uh, F A R A M O N D, or at least that's what the internet tells me it means, and I'm going to go with it because it's cool. It seems decent. Uh, it's an actual play that we're only going to hear audio. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's from a desert clan somewhere out in the desert, and um, they have a very strong hospitality tra hospitality tradition. <laughs> hospitality. <laughs> it's like hospitality, but it's very clumsy. Um, <laughs> okay. So the desert clans have a very strong. At least, at least his. So. Is he from one of these clans, then? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I see this very much like a Prince of Egypt kind of thing, where when he shows up, I believe the man's name is Jericho. He shows up in Jericho's tribe, and they're just hugely welcoming and caring, for even yeah. for outsiders. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I'm picturing, is just this this very, like, you know, the um, the environment is harsh, so we have to be kind, or people will not make it, kind of a thing. Okay. And I feel that's you... very historically true too. Sure. Yeah, I, I think, really like that. I think the line is when all you've got is nothing. There's a lot to go around. Right. Ooh, I like that. I, I've never that heard is, that line, but that I like is a that line too. expressly from the song Jericho sings when Moses shows up in their area. You've you've been jamming Prince of Egypt a lot lately. Haven't Look, you? I've maybe listened to that soundtrack. Sound soundtrack soundtrack. How old you? How many years old am I? More times than I am years old. In, in its entirety. I know the songs better than I probably should. Ryan, have we ever sent you the um, Prince of Egypt episode we did for Gameable Disney? Wait, what now? <laughs> no? Yeah, and also, yes, please? <laughs> well, I'll get that to you after this. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. That was delightful. I wish we could go back and do that again. <laughs> it was, it was also, great fun. I, I'm pretty sure Ryan just made the uh, the the audible equivalent of grabby hands. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> where's the thing? Where's the thing? Where's the thing? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This Show is me a, the thing. This is a war. I'm getting it to you right now. Don't worry about Yay. it. All right. <laughs> I'm uh, like a small child who's like, no, I need the thing now. Show Daniel, me the thing yesterday. Daniel, tell me something about this place that is true. Okay. Um, I thought of a good one. Uh, sorry, everyone, for the monkey's paw. Uh, I'm not. Of... Of the Black Mountains, all of them were rumored to be volcanoes, but they haven't been heard from for a long time. However, the one that's in the middle of the two roads, there's been rumors of spurts of smoke coming from it, and tremors have been felt. Hmm. So good luck, everybody. She awakens. <laughs> yeah, I'm about it. I love it. <laughs> So this is that uh, southern uh, monad, the one right kind of in the middle of those roads? Yes. Perfect. I can just hear the as the wrench goes flying towards the gears. <laughs> also, fun fact, um, a mountain on its own is called a monad. Hmm. Oh. Did not know that. We, we have one uh, here in Greenville, South Carolina. Today, First mountain. today I learned. Interesting. Very nice. Ben, tell me something about this place that is true. Even the few plants that exist in, uh, or sparse plants, let's say, that, that live in a desert region, um, though 
mainly beneficial always um, have all seemed to have also turned less blighty and more toxic where you could you could get water from a cactus if you needed it it all seems to have been contaminated and tainted in some sort but in some way hmm interesting okay well, that is that is a wrench i like that <laughs> i i like that a lot yeah, but, uh, that is something I did not have on my to-do list. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's and a I good reason to heck keep purified food and drink prepared. <laughs> and I think from a from a character perspective, it's something that would both very easily upset Ben's character and very easily upset mine. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not mad at that. That's like I think mine like, too. Hey, like, hey, wait a minute. Oh. Those are important. Yeah. And I'm just gonna be a constant state of upset through the whole thing. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And I William, nothing more. William, tell me something about this place that is true. I'm trying to form the thoughts, okay. so I might say a couple things, but um, I'm thinking. No rush. Uh, with the disappearance of the oases, the it's affected the weather. Um, so I'm thinking maybe sandstorms uh, more often, or and that um, we mentioned it earlier it makes the travel of the caravans more difficult and can cover up the landmarks or uh say blow them away or something like that okay so, so the sandstorms have gotten worse yeah okay excellent all right so uh i i asked you all to think about also about something about other characters i want to t let's let's do this a little differently um tell me some something about I'm going to switch back here to the um, uh, the other window here real fast. Sorry, I keep jumping windows around. It's okay. Let's share, let's share mm -hmm. this one. And this should be the last thing that we do here. The fact that this is uh, a functional portion of this website, I am hugely impressed with. By the way, this is kind of cool. Oh, just sharing the screen? Well, like, and being able to just kind of jump around like you are and show us all these. I like that you can show us all these different things. That's super nice. Well, you know, this is this is what I do for work every day, so don't worry about it. <laughs> We're going to take advantage of those skills. I'm, I'm about it. Um. All right. So what I'd like each of you to do is tell me one thing that is true about your characters and one thing your character thinks is true about another character. I'll, I'll leave it up to each player to determine whether or not that is true. Um, oh, okay. If you want it to be. It absolutely can be, but your character starts off thinking that about them. Peter? You looking for, like, just personality and values, or do you want, like, physical stuff, or...? I asked for something that is true. Okay, um, Faramond has a bit of a limp from a run-in with one of those manticores we keep uh, alluding to, I'm and... i that down, because that's going to show up at some point now. And despite um, his generally forgiving uh, personality, he really does not like to see a manticore on the horizon because of that. And I think he probably considers Ruach to be one of the most trustworthy and dependable people he knows. Can, can I go next? Because that feeds into what I'm going to say about Ruach. Absolutely, you can. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to, to cut you off, and I apologize for interrupting, Peter. Um. Oh, no, I was done. <laughs> oh, no, uh, earlier, but th that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing I will say about Ruwak for certain is that he definitely thinks he knows what he's doing very well. Whether that's true or not is debatable. He is very confident he knows what he's doing. Um, I think that plays into how, to some extent, how Fairman sees him. I don't know that Fairman's as right as, as, Ru as Ruwak would tell him, he as, as Ruwak thinks he is, potentially. Because Ruach, I think, is going to come off a little more confident than maybe he... Ru Ruach has a little Dunning-Kruger effect going, perhaps? I'm going to need that explained, because I keep hearing that phrase and I don't know exactly what it means. Grant, you want to take this one? Uh, it's where you have just enough knowledge, just that little bit of knowledge, and consider yourself an expert. That sort of yeah. explains my stat spread, too, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> so because the stat okay. spread i think i've settled on i think that fits nicely 
Sure. Okay. So, so tell me the, the true thing about yourself and this true thing about uh, this thing that Ruach thinks is true about Faramond. Uh, okay. Well, the, the thing Ruach thinks is, is the thing that is true about Ruach is that he definitely thinks he's capable of, of being this guide for people. He is, he's maybe a little too, too, uh, he has enough knowledge to be dangerous and is maybe a little too confident in what he considers to be his new mission in life. Because okay, so I think Shepard's fairly... Is he, is that he overstates to him, his own ability to himself. I think so. Because Shepard is something that's a little new to him. Maybe like, well, yes, it is all seven levels of his, his character. It is something that the switch from actually just being an, a, a professional herder of beasts to this other step he has taken is not something that's he's been doing super long. But he's okay. fairly certain he's going to be great at it. Gotcha. Uh, cool. And I think it's actually not Fairman. The okay. thing he thinks that's true about someone else, he's, he's fairly confident Ansel's not ready for this. I would like him to be 100% wrong about that. Cool. All right. Well, that gives us a good excuse to go over to Daniel and Ansel. And, uh, Daniel, tell me something true about Ansel and which Ansel thinks is true about someone else. Okay, um, Ansel uh, is, uh, he's, he's overlooked at his job. He's been passed up a whole bunch on, um, uh, now he's like a junior assistant, but maybe if he completes this right, he can be a junior executive assistant. And uh, he's, there's a lot writing on this. He's really good at problem solving, but in in a way that someone else usually gets the credit for it. So he gets overlooked a lot. So hopefully he can come back with the success of this mission and actually get get that promotion that he's 10 years overdue for. So that's that's going to be the true thing about him is he's really good at problem solving, but he's very overlooked at his job. So he's good at problem solving, tends to be overlooked, and sees his success here as vital to his personal success. Yes. Okay. And what do you think is true about someone else? What does Ansel think about one of the other characters? Ansel thinks that uh, Faramond is basically going to be his lifeline through this whole thing. That out of out of everybody else... Faramond's the one that is is the 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 most capable. He has the the best uh, references. He he has like a, a, a five star on Yelp, uh, <laughs> and so in Ansel's mind, Faramond is going to be the most capable one, and he's basically going to follow him around like a little puppy. Okay, <laughs> eleven out of ten would hire again. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. All right, because it's, it's his only connection. So it's that's that's like all right. This this is this is the dude. This is the one. Okay, that's not going to give Faramond a complex at all. <laughs> You're welcome. He's not wired in that. He's not wired in that way to begin with, or anything. Oh no. <laughs> Excellent, Ben. Tell me something true about Reap. <laughs> I would say Reap is much more confident in his survivability when he is not in humanoid form. Uh, he, he, he basically, he knows his weaknesses are physicality, uh, but leans more heavily on his beast knowledge um, and the knowledge of the animals that he has, he can shift into um, because he knows where he, where he lies is more in the the thoughts and wisdom than it is the physicality of the physical doing of things. Okay. And what is something that Reap thinks is true about one of the other characters? I'm pondering this. Uh, I didn't say it was easy. No. <laughs> and I think it's, it's a fascinating exercise because it's not one I've had someone ask me before. Yeah. It's, 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 it's especially interesting, like, pre-actually meeting any characters. 
Um, yeah. Welcome well, to Gaming part. with Grant. Yeah. <laughs> Play a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse, because when you're doing Powered by the Apocalypse, it's not, I think this is true, it's this is true about your character. So it, yeah. there's a lot of fun. I think on first meeting, Reap has zero confidence in Ansel's abilities to survive outside of a building. Just any building, really, just outside is bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Reap also trusts uh, William. What is I don't, do we have a name for William's character yet? No. Um, okay, he is much better um, with the geography side of things than he ever could dream of being. Okay, so William uh, uh, re- deeply respects William's character's uh, knowledge of geography. Of geography, yeah. And cartography. It's, it's two, but oh no, character development, drama, <laughs> how terrible, how dare we. William. I really hope that uh, Reap is right, for one. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about um, knowledge? Like, and mm-hmm. so I may may need help coming up with something, but I was thinking this is fine. Maybe um, my character sees the way things are changing, mm-hmm. and uh, playing off the smoke coming from the volcano knows that if our mission isn't accomplished soon, um, there will be no going back. The landscape will change entirely. Does that work? Sure. Is it a true thing about your character? Yes. <laughs> then it works. All right, and so then, William's character knows that the landscape here will be irrevocably altered if we fail. Yes. All right. And then kind of the same... might be true about someone else. Kind of along the same lines, I think that uh, Reap is going to be a very... be able to help guide us really well in seeing the changes to the plants um, like being able in the same way that I can see where the geology has changed reap will be able to kind of guide us in a sense that may not make sense but that's what I'm going with keep you all safe maybe from the wildlife in the area yeah and like the plants okay I, I guess I'm reaching but no like, it's not a reach I'm just trying to a, help you define it creates a um, kind of add to the map, I guess, of where we're headed. Say that again? Sorry, you, I think you cut out. I think I'm I, reaching. I'll try to I, come up with something else. It's totally fine to reach. Remember, this is something that might be true. Okay, well, so my specialty is geography. Mm-hmm. I can tell that things are changing by the way they look. Essentially, that's the same for Reap. He's able to, he knows enough to be able to tell where the plants are, how much time we have left, and even help give us, provide. When I can't tell which way to go, he will be able to. Okay, so your character thinks Reap's knowledge of the local flora and fauna is infallible? Sure. Excellent. That's not a sentence that'll ever come back to bite anyone. Um, <laughs> you said might, so I'll I'll go for it. Yeah, it, it might be true. Who knows? Maybe it will. We shall see. Okay. I will make all of these notes available to everyone. Um, and hopefully Ryan can let some of this be available to listeners as well. Um, not a problem. So I, some of this is going to be super sketchy. Some of this is going to be pretty detailed. That's great. That's what game planning is like. It's like I've got like half an information, half of the information about this character, a third of the information about this character, and I don't have any idea what to do about combat encounters yet. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> ah, oh, I should come up with a plot. You know, things like that. Um, Oh, can I go back to the veils and uh, and breaks real quick? And TPKs yes. are a hard break for me. Sure. <laughs> uh, fun fact: they're a, a hard break for me as well. Actually, they're, I don't love them. Um. Yeah. So yeah, if, if actually, 
that raises a question. What is our opinion on character death or character removal from the game because of external things that happened rather than the character having some deep internal reason to no longer be an adventurer or something like that? Uh, speaking uh, from experience, um, first round combat removal, I'm against. Right. 10th um, round combat, okay, possible. But yeah, I've actually had a character die in the first round um, insta-death, so I'm a little gun-shy there. So no unfair combat. That'd be reasonable? Yeah. Yes. No ancient dragons in the first fight. <laughs> I mean, Ryan did give us a dragon that we were supposed to fight in the very first round of the last season, but we talked to it, so... And that was that was He was going to be a snuggler. He was, yeah, he he was, was. so adorable. <laughs> she was such a nice lady. You just you just give her scritches. Yep. Yeah. I do speak yeah. draconic. I just I, I loved fine. like that Ryan rolled at that so well, and then he went on min max and talked about it, and I was like, oh that's lovely. Yeah, that <laughs> he was completely not, uh, threw him for a loop. Nope. <laughs> yep. And I should I should note um I like first off, I like creative solving uh of problems. I like it when people outthink me. Like, that's fun, but I'm not sitting here going, Mwahaha, you have to outthink me to get out of this jam. I, I don't care. I always, when I'm trying to present like a puzzle or a, a problem, I always, my rule of thumb is I had better have a way out of this for the player characters in case they can't think of one. Right. Um, because trust me, it's happened before <laughs> where we're, we were all like, uh, we don't have any solution to this. And the GM went, well, shoot, I didn't come up with one because I thought you would. So uh -oh. <laughs> it, it that ain't a great stuck. place to be. <laughs> no, no, it, it wasn't. And we had to rewind the campaign a couple of sessions to pick it back up from, from there. Um, yeah. In fairness, Learning experiences, <laughs> the group was able to do it and we handled it well. And, you know, given that this was much earlier on in our gaming career, I'm glad we were able to do that. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy that. I, I am not going to say I'm not going to throw the occasional difficult combat at you because that's fun and challenging. Um, but not everything is going to be a slog because I don't like sloggy combats. They're just dull. We all have better things to do with our time. All um, right. So so back to your original question about um, characters being removed from the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm on like a kind of like a, a a veil with that like if if we can discuss it beforehand or if say if it's specifically my character uh, or really any other party member's character like if we know it's going to happen and if there's a good narrative reason for it to happen mm -hmm. i think we could make that work but just sure. rocks fall everyone dies that's I, I i'm gonna say no on that yeah. yeah and i think that's fair for everyone i certainly don't enjoy that um yeah. you know I, I try not to be like all right save versus death you know like that's just dull no game of thrones deaths no but again if somebody's like hey hey grant this would be a good session for my character to die i'd be like sweet tell me uh just just give me the wink and the nod and uh you'll get stabbed you know if, if there's a legitimate story reason i think it's something i'm okay with Okay. If we can, if we can make it work from that perspective, I don't, I don't have any objectives. And, and look, if if I die in combat because combat just goes that poorly, it's not a huge problem for me as long mm -hmm. as it's like Ben said, or like you said, it's not one of those just, oops, you're all done. Right. And, so, yeah. and just to be it, clear, it is this is more there. like, okay, if you guys lose the fight, is that the end, or is it, you know, oh my character, you know, this character. Sure, technically they failed all their death saves and everything. Are they just like severely wounded and we got to regroup and treat this as a big setback while this character convalesces and gets back up and rejoins? Or are they just gone and I get to make another character? Right. That's I, kind of the, the line that I'm trying to suss out. I think if yeah. we can do it for our purposes from a content perspective, if we can do it without the. I don't know that the person necessarily needs to die, but if a person's character heavy air quotes as i sometimes say in our games pokemon faints 
right. they want to retire the character from there and to move on from some to something else i don't have an issue with that um mm. i don't want a lot of like again it's one consistency things, matters yeah well it's one of those things where like it's not a thing we've ever done i don't expect it to be a thing we ever do so i'm not hugely worried about it but if it comes up as long as we talk about it like like jenny said like jenny doesn't my understanding is doesn't really mind being thrown in the meat grinder on on things like that from how she attaches that is to putting characters. it mildly yes yeah. <laughs> i don't know that i'm maybe quite that point with it but if something happens i can roll with it that's fine yeah, Jenny likes to play spellcasters who um, have low constitution scores and do melee attacks. Shocking grass for everyone. Yep, I'm okay with it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Jenny likes to kind of step on her own character's toes. It's it's interesting. It's, it is a... I'm I'm very glad we took out that dragon before that yeah. happened with John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just fair warning. I will never roll that well again. So you guys should be fine. You're safe. Uh, <laughs> I would say I'm I'm more open to amputation and limb loss than I am to permanent death. Okay, so like serious consequences, but not my this character I've invested in is no longer available to me. Right. Okay. Goes back, I think, to the fail spectacularly. Right. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I like that too. I like the Pokemon faint analogy, and I I, I think the there are consequences. There, you know, there's a a real hurt here. Maybe not even physical, but narrative or dramatic like I was we say, failed to stop this yeah, like as long Ooh, as we don't I, get gruesome i think that's totally fine i think it's workable okay yeah cool and this just helps me suss out like how do i narrate things and occasionally like you know what happens if a character does go down in combat you know this is this is also going to surprise you a little bit but for this one because it's a short-term thing eh you know cool if I step on a landmine, I'll just make another character. I've got 3,000 character concepts. <laughs> Ooh, Especially since your character has a limp. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm going to write down landmines. And uh, <laughs> oh, wait, those are not setting appropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything okay, else from so, anyone that we uh, want to bring up? No. And I think we do need to wrap fairly soon. Cool. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's time. Yeah, we've been at this for a while. <laughs> cool. Thank you, folks. I appreciate everybody putting the time in on this. I know I threw you a couple of curveballs. Uh, I'm excited. I think there's a lot to work from here. There's You guys have added a couple of things that I get to go back to my notes and be like, all right, so where does this fit in? And that's exciting. Uh, to and our audience. I'm looking, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying I'm looking forward to the, the first session. This is going to be great. Yeah, to, our, here. to our audience, uh, anything in our future that lasts more than two sessions, expect one of these from now on because I'm here for it. And this was great. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of this concept. It's something we've never done before on the show, sort of this, you know, session zero, figuring out how it all connects kind of thing. Basically anything that lasts more than a couple of sessions will probably have something like this in the future because this was great. And I think it was really good for us building a good foundation for that kind of thing. And I want that from now on. So you yeah. will see more of this. Yes. Yeah, and do it once and you'll never go back. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Grant, for uh, setting this up and running a good session zero. Good. I, I'm yeah. glad everybody's had gotten something out of it already. That, that is yeah. Thank you for volunteering to DM. I appreciate yeah, no. that greatly. My pleasure. Trust me, I get to talk more. That's that's my fun. So <laughs> fair. I'm not proud of it, but that's that's who well, I am. You you do you. That's totally fine. All right, uh, cool. Um, and if everybody can just get characters in Roll Twenty, Ryan, if you want to get the Roll Twenty stuff set up behind yes, the scenes and everything. I will take care of that. Um, if anybody needs help, obviously, you know, we'll we'll work all that out out of band, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, uh, Ben, if you need help with like spell selection for your druid ping me and uh i will help you out with that yep so and, and william if you need help naming characters hit william. me up oh you can also just go through the ikea catalog he which is my favorite time. way to name characters <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a joke he's done it once already and i, I expect it to happen more often frankly <laughs> so we we, right, we, we will that. definitely sort william out um ryan you want to take us out uh if one of you will um give me the saving the game stuff and we will go from there sure uh, I'll take it. So uh, Grant and I are two-thirds of saving the game. Uh, 
we do like RPG analysis, basically, uh, and applied theology from a Christian perspective. Uh, you can find us at stgcast.org, savingthegamepodcast.org, at Saving the Game on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, also on our Discord server, which is linked from our webpage, stgcast.org. Also, you know, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, yeah. all your usual podcast places. Yep. Uh, we're on a every other week schedule, and on the weeks when we don't have an episode, I write a blog post. So you can find all of that at the website. Uh, and you can find us cityonhillgaming.com or like uh, like Grant said, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at City on a Hill Game. We are on Twitch. I believe it's City on a Hill Gaming. Look out for that. We're going to be using it at least slightly more often. Uh, we've got some things coming up. And if you're a fan of Retro Rewind, or if you've never heard of the Retro Rewind podcast, go check it's them out. It's a good podcast. Uh, before, I th- yes, it is. Um, before this comes out, I think their episode 205 will release, which is their episode for the Disney classic, yes, I said classic, fight me, uh, Mulan, which I got to be on, which was super fun, um, with Ashley, nice. who is one of their big fans and our, one of our Patreon sponsors, and also Celeste from Geek Devotions. She's one half of the, the Geek Devotions group with her and her husband, uh, Dallas, I believe is his name. So uh, the three of us went on Retro Rewind and talked at length about Mulan uh, from some different aspects, and that was super fun. So thank you to, to Francisco and Paul for that. That was a great opportunity. Really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, look out for more of our D&D or, or whatever else we play next. Uh, goodness in the future. Patreon.com for us and Saving the Game. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to City on the Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us online at cityonthehillgaming.com, email us at cityonthehillgaming at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at City on the Hill Game. For more information on saving the game, you can find Peter, Grant, and Jenny at stgcast.org or at Saving the Game on Twitter. Thanks, and have a blessed day. Special thanks to our Patreon backers, Ashley, Joanne, Tony and the folks from the Nerd of Godcast, and Andrew and Christina. We really appreciate it, guys.